You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That Ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. Anybody know who Willie Lynch was? Anybody? Raise your hand. He was a vicious slave owner in the West Indies. The slave masters in the colony of Virginia were having trouble controlling their slaves, so they sent for Mr. Lynch to teach them his methods. Keep the slave physically strong, but psychologically weak and dependent on the slave master. Keep the body, take the mind. I and every other professor on this campus are here to help you to find, take back, and keep your righteous mind. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Latrice Ross. Welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of intelligent radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media Good morning to you, Latrice. Thank you, Queen, for being in the saddle with me this morning as we open with our Denzel Great Debaters uh, intro today. You know, I switch it up from time to time, and I think it's absolutely appropriate as we delve into this morning's discussion question. Again, glad to have you back with me, Queen. But we got to, you know, take that people's righteous mind. But uh, thank you again, and if you will, Queen, tell, say hello and give people your background as we get into this morning's discussion before we introduce our special guest. Sure. Um, happy to be aboard again today. Um, I'm Latrice Roth. I am a um, diversity, equity, and inclusion um, consultant. Um, I've been doing that work. I'm going to say I'm going to preface it. I've been doing this work before the murder of George Floyd um, because since that time there have been in um, an influx of new consultants who have all of this year's experience. But I have a ton of experience um, with regard to equity and inclusion, helping companies be more um, equitable in how they distribute opportunity, and also in advocating for equity for others who are part of um, those groups that have been historically excluded. No, absolutely. So, again, thank you for that intensive background and the clarity, as you say, for the new influx of people who are now discussing these topics, such as today's discussion, if you will. Before I let the cop to bad, let me introduce none other than returning guests, educated gangster, a.k.a. Tommy Bottoms, a.k.a. Sean Shoemaker. Thank you, King, for being back with us. Um, for all of your aliases, if you will, King, uh, give people um, your background, you know, above and beyond being, you know, one of my all-time favorite spoken word artists uh, in the game. I hope I hadn't taken all of your uh, uh, background. <laughs> you got to make up something. No, no, no. With that said, man, let people know what you know what you do out here, man, so we can get into this morning discussion. Well, man, I definitely appreciate you, man, every time you have me on here, man. Um, I really like the, the, the discussions. Um, again, my name's Tommy Bottom. My government name Sean Shoemate. Uh, Facebook outed me. Spoken word artist here in the city. Um, actually, right now we're working on a film. Um, kind of dabbling in that right now. Actually, a documentary, I should say, called Spring and Third that chronicles uh, Atlanta's uh, contribution to the black arts movements of the 90s. And uh, and it's, you know, a lot of people don't know this, this is probably off subject, but 
this was, you know, Atlanta being the inter- entertainment music capital of the world didn't happen on accident. It was really set forward by Manor Jackson and and a lot of the artists and promoters and musicians that have come through the city kind of helped bring that to fruition to what it is today. So that's what the documentary is called, Spring and Third. Uh, you can check out the trailer at springandthird.com. No, absolutely. I'm absolutely looking forward to that because you were definitely firsthand in the movement. I got down here in 2003 and got on, you know, and I was basically trying to get into the music industry, but had being a big lover of spoken word and a poet myself, not a spoken word artist, I always like to distinguish. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think that is a skill set that I highly admire and I will follow and got to know you guys. And, and so I'm um, definitely looking forward to Yeah, go ahead, brother. You, but my, my, my told you used to do my CDs back in the day. I think yep. that's how we met, right? Yep, yep. Well, yeah, well, I met you prior to that. Yeah, I met you prior to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The CDs. Yeah. Then you, yeah, you got, you got, you, you started build. Yeah, I used to get do your CDs. Yeah, and you got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, nah. <laughs> we've been going. Yeah, we've been knowing each other for a long time, brother. And yeah, um, so I'm highly. It doesn't matter. We were talking about printing up CDs. It just tells you everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So that tell you how far back we go, man. And um, so I'm yeah, looking forward yeah. to the spring and third. So I'm definitely glad you highlighted that. And uh, you know we hey, we might figure out a way to get you back on the show just to highlight that history because again that I, I'm looking forward to that um, documentary if you will. Um, but with that said, let's go ahead and get let the cow the bag on this morning's discussion question, which is: Is black culture upside down from George Floyd to Bill Cosby? I'm gonna say it one more time: Is black culture upside down from George Floyd to Bill Cosby? If you are a first time listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, again I go by AKA Black Socrates, and so we always put the show in the form of a question. Um, as I like to basically navigate these questions, I say we try to ask the right questions to get to the right answers. Um, the way that we always start the show is pretty simple. Uh, before we get too deep into it, so Latrice, uh, you know, as our queen of the, e- the afternoon, if you will, or this morning. Um, you'll start off by simply answering what was your first thought when you heard the question, not the second thought or the deeper thought, but just the initial thought that came to mind when you heard this morning's discussion question. The initial thought was, hmm, interesting. I think I'll get an opportunity to talk about critical thinking skills. Hey, I love it. I love it. literally it. (laughs) No, I love it. Uh, we will be trying to do that very hard. You know, we will be definitely going through some critical thinking this way. Warning to everyone out there, critical thinking sometimes can be triggering because you're going to hear things. Let me give this warning before I have Tommy's three cents on the uh, his initial thought. So I want to make sure I'll say this for anybody listening, especially if you're a first-time listener. We consider ourselves the best in the world at doing hard conversations on race, sex, and culture. In order to do that very well, um, listen not for what you agree with, but listen to understand what you disagree with. It's a different mindset. And so things you hear, some cuts you hear today may be triggering. Do not turn the radio off unless you can't take it. But go ahead and push through it because some of the things that we're going to be talking about today will be pushing the envelope and possibly quite triggering. With that said, um, Tommy, if you will, King, what was your first initial thought, again, without going too deep, if you will? Well, my first initial thought was yes, but as I thought about it, um, I guess when you put it in the context of George Floyd and Bill Cosby, I would say it's maybe it's not upside down, but maybe this is just the culture, you know, because this this what this this discussion isn't you know new. Um, If we go back to the '90s, uh, C. Dolores Tucker was 
saying the very same thing, and um, she was kind of, uh, you know, caught a lot of backlash for that back then. But I think if we fast forward, you know, a quarter century later, a quarter century later, we're asking that same question. So I think it's less about if it's upside down right now, or is it, is it just the culture in itself, and and how do we address it from that from that standpoint? No, nah, sounds good. So. Right before we go to break, um, just want to give credit um, to even the title for this show, which is a good friend of, you know, uh, yours, uh, Tommy, and mine as well. Um, Shelly Winters actually posted a very similar post that pretty much I stole the title from. And um, he, had, if I remember it correctly, it was something to the degree that um, I guess the release of Bill Cosby, which was quite triggering, which we mentioned very briefly last week, um, and he just said the release of it, that from the way I understood the post, like the release of Bill Cosby, the way people reacted, and you think about how people reacted to George Floyd, he says, I'm pretty determined that black culture is upside down. So I literally stole this question from that post. And when I saw him put it, I was like, wow, that's a lot to think about. I'm going to turn that into a show. And actually, Tommy, I actually, you know, if you remember, I reached out to you to possibly do a clubhouse. We wasn't able to put that together. And I said, you know what, let's just move it to this Saturday show. And, um, you know, let's get the people's, let's do it live and let people get in on this discussion. So uh, we are up against the first break. And when we come back, we will get hot and heavy into this morning's discussion. We're going to be playing cuts again for everybody out there listening. Some of what you hear may be triggering just because of how far we go with it, but that's what we specialize in. So we ask you to stick through us and consider the art of consideration. Wonder here, listen to why someone else is saying what they're saying versus just simply disagreeing and turning the dial off. With that said, we'll be right back. We are the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. If you love black culture and black class, kings and queens, the Lisa Designs is presenting the fashion show of the year. The evening will be one to remember, featuring Atlanta's finest dancers, dramas, singers, poets, and last but not least, some of Atlanta's finest designers, including the Lisa Designs. Dinner, drinks, and after party will all take place at the beautiful Dawn Event Hall, located at 3201 Atlanta Industrial Parkway, Northwest Atlanta, on Sunday, July 11th at 4 p.m. Tickets and vendor booths are available on eventbrite.com. Search for the Sunrise Fashion Show or contact Delisa at 404-453-5865. Again, that's 404-453-5865. I promise you, you don't want to miss this show. I um, want to come out and say that I do not support George Floyd and the media depiction of him as a martyr for black America. I'm going to explain why, and I hope that some of you guys will understand where I'm coming from. Um, I have spent a considerable amount of time reading a lot um, of black authors that I think are some of the most brilliant black Americans breathing, um, Walter Williams, Shelby Steele, Thomas Sowell, and I recently came across something that was an idea that was planted into my head by Shelby Steele, and it has been something that I cannot um, forget. It is something that will stick with me for the rest of my life, and it is something that I hope for the black Americans that are watching will stick with you for the rest of your life. Shelby Steele said that the black community is unique from other communities. Um, our, our culture is unique from other communities um, because we are the only community that caters to the bottom denominator of our society. Now, let me explain what that means. 
Um, it means to say that not every black American is a criminal, not every black American is committing crimes, but we are unique in that we are the only people that fight and scream and demand support and justice for the people in our community that are up to no good. You would be hard pressed to find um, you know, a Jewish person who has spent five stints in prison, uh, who commits a crime and dies while committing a crime, and that the Jewish people champion and demand justice for. You will be hard pressed to find this in white America. You'll be hard pressed to find this even in Latino America. Uh, if there is a person that is spent multiple times in prison, you are not going to see a bunch of Latinos coming out um, demanding justice for this person, even if, and I want to be very clear, what I'm saying is not any defense for Derek Chauvin. I hope Derek Chauvin gets the justice that, um, that he deserves to be um, you know, implemented upon him and that the family um, of George Floyd deserves justice for the way that he, that he died. Um, but I also am not going to accept the narrative that this is the best the black community has to offer. For whatever reason, it has become fashionable over the last uh, five or six years for us to turn criminals into heroes overnight. Um, and it is something that I find to be despicable and it's something that I refuse to stand by any longer and I'm not going to play a part in it no matter how much pressure comes from black liberals and black conservatives as, as some token of people wanting you to believe that this is the only way you can be black is you have to say this was wrong and that this, you know, this person was amazing. I won't do that. Uh, George Floyd was not an amazing person um, and as soon as this video hit the internet, I did just basic searches. Uh, everyone jumped on it and called and, and was looking at the police officer and everyone agrees that the police officer was wrong and the police officer has been arrested. Um, so that is not, the reason I'm not discussing that is because that is not something that has been misconstrued in the media. Uh, he has been turned into the devil that he is and there is no reason for us to harp on that any longer because white Americans are not uplifting Derek Chauvin as a victim or pretending that he's an amazing human being. But George Floyd is being uplifted as an amazing human being. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Latrice Ross. Our special guest is Tommy Bottoms. This morning's discussion question is black culture upside down from George Floyd to Bill Cosby. I'm watching the board, and we got people jumping off already just by hearing that name or hearing that voice. Candace Owens, again, this is going to be that type of question, but Queen, uh, we'll start with you. Um, as you hear that cut, uh, what stood out to you in reference to this morning's discussion, if you will? Um, I think what stood out was the lack of historical context for me, and I actually was one of those people who wanted to hop off when I heard the voice start speaking, because a lot of times when she starts, she's missing a lot of the context with regard to why or, you know, what's the root cause of why we respond the way that we do. When we think about the murder of George Floyd, I don't recall, you know, I don't think that for me it was not about martyring him or, or thinking, you know, trying to idealize him as, as a model citizen. But the problem is, is that regardless of what his past was, did he deserve to die? under a white man, under a white police officer's knee after being held down for, for over nine minutes. And so that is the ultimate question because if that's the case, no, you know, when, they, when police enter into these situations, they don't necessarily know all of that information. And so we can look at George Floyd and say, yeah, he wasn't the best role model. But then we can go to Colorado and look at Elijah McClain, a 20-year-old walking home singing, who was killed, also killed by police. And so you have, we have to stand up 
because in, in comparing us to other, also what stood out is comparing us to other ethnic, ethnic groups or races, we came to be in this country in a unique way. And the subsequent oppression and bias and stereotypes and prejudice and systemic and institutionalized racism that has continued to follow us is different from these other groups. And so comparing us to what um, the Jewish culture would do or the Latinx culture would do or the Asian culture would do, we can't do that because of the historical context of how we came to be in this country and how we came to be in this situation in this country. Okay, let me ask you this before I go to Tommy. We got a caller as well. So in me listening to that, so I felt to a degree, let me just want to hit a quick thought. And for the caller, we're going to get to you. Just press one and stay on one. Don't come on and off of it. I'll miss you uh, for the people that know how to get in on the calls. I just kind of see them going back and forth. So I will get to you. Just press one again and we'll get you in. Um, but with that said, the one thing that kind of stood out for me, if I could point this and just want to hear a quick thought, then we'll go to Tommy. So I, too, I, I felt like she distinguished that that comparison wasn't just based on his background or going to Georgia background because she said, hey, the officer uh, is arrested. Hopefully he'll get just, you know, get punished. Uh, and for the sake of George Floyd's family getting justice, she, it, it, she seemed to be distinguishing just the, the idea that, in a sense, that we will, quote, unquote, make certain characters heroes within the community. So she definitely was distinguishing that, in a sense, the character t- tag had nothing to do with whether he should in a sense, should there be justice? Because she says she hopes she, he gets justice. I think she even called Chauvin a name. If I re, she even referred to him by some um, disparate, disparaging name or whatever. So just what about that distinction? Because I don't think she just simply said just because of his back, you know, we shouldn't be doing it. Your thoughts on that, and then I'll go to Tommy. And right. right. So, so I don't necessarily disagree with her on that. But, again, I like to understand the why behind Mm -hmm. why we do certain things. And I don't think it's just because we automatically want to go to the Mm -hmm. least, to the bottom denominator to uplift them. It's because we are at the bottom of the barrel. And so in a sense, it's like, it's almost as if we, we, some, some feel as if they don't have another choice. And I think that's also why there is this issue with, with Bill Cosby, because he's one of those people who were seen as an icon. And so when we, you know, you come after our, our icons, regardless of what they've done, we're going to, you know, argue and lift them up. And so I think it's because as a community of people, we are so marginalized, so racialized that we, we go after whomever comes after a member of our community. And is it right? No. And that's where I think critical thinking will have to come into play. I respect that. Tommy, your thoughts on it? Then we're going to go to a couple of callers. Um, I got a couple things. Um, just on that last point, I I think it's they're hard pressed to say that the black community came to Bill Cosby's defense. That they, we pretty much threw him under the bus. Um, which I think is the point of um the the conversation. Uh, but going back to what Candace Owens was saying, um, what she's saying is true. Um, what is unique about the black experience is the relationship between. Um, the black middle class and the black underclass, which doesn't exist in most communities. Um, the longest running beef in Western civilization is rich white people versus poor white people. Um, they don't, I, rich white people or middle class, upper middle class white people don't identify with the poor white trash. They don't see themselves in the same boat. Um, they see, they don't, uh, 
Now, when you talk about the black experience, though, um, generationally, we're more close to someone living in poverty. Uh, geographically, if you're middle class, you're more likely to, to live close to uh, uh, poverty or whatever. So if you're a middle class white person or Jewish person or any of these other communities she was talking about, more than likely you won't know anyone on food stamps. You see what I'm saying? You won't know anyone that's going in and out of jail. You won't know anyone with the, the that that experiences the, the, the dysfunction of poverty or the dysfunction that comes with poverty, um, unlike black people. So the, a, a, an educated black person, a middle class black person, a six-figure family black person may have a sister that's on, on you see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. that, that connection there is um, – um, is unique within the black community because mm-hmm. we do have connection, which is what what ends up happening is is to, instead of addressing those um, those uh, pathogens or whatever you want to call it that within the black community, the educated black middle class defends it and tries to shield it and hide it as if this this idea of hiding our dirty laundry. But in 2021, there is nothing to hide. See what I'm saying? Like everybody, our our dysfunction is on display for the world. Um, whether you're talking about the internet or whether you're talking about agents who've had the last thirty years sitting behind, you know, bulletproof glass watching us. You see what I'm saying? Uh, from a first person point of view, seeing us on display. Um, so so the, it's not coming from just a um, a sense of when, when people see opposition or whatever, it's not necessarily coming from some place of of, of just um, inherited hatred for black people, but some of it's just observation at this point. And and I think there's um, something to be said. Like I said, if if you could get the black middle class to simply preach what they practice, um, that would address a, a significant amount of what we're talking about right now. Uh, makes a lot of sense. I'm gonna, Latrice, I'm gonna give you a thought before I go to the caller. Any thoughts to what Tommy had to say? Um, okay. I, I definitely respect so, the perspective that he's bringing to the table. Go ahead, please. Oh, absolutely. So first, you know, I, I do think that a large segment of the black population supports Cosby. It's a larger segment of black women who do not, and that's because women reside at that intersection of gender and race. And so I, I do think that a large percentage of black people still support Bill Cosby. Um, with regard to, to what Tommy was saying, I don't necessarily disagree with what he's saying. I, I think that it's incomplete. So we can talk about others, you know, Asians looking from behind the bulletproof glass staring at us. But, I'm all, again, I'm one of those people who likes to look at the root cause of a situation. So when I think about, you know, how we came to be where we are, and I think about the literature that I've read, when I think about reading books such as post-traumatic um, slave syndrome and how those, how some of us have genetic mutations that, that contribute to the behaviors. The fact that in a country where you are oppressed and you are living in poverty, there's a greater likelihood of mental illness. So there are so many other um, mechanisms that play in our community that don't get pulled into this picture of the dysfunction that they display on TV. And let's think about that, the things that they, they determine that they are going to show. Mm-hmm. It, much of it perpetuates those stereotypes. They don't show the father getting up, dropping those kids off at school or helping the kids with homework. They don't show that. They show the parts of our community that are dysfunctional, but they don't necessarily do that with others. The question is, why do they do that? 
Yeah, it's a great question. When you think about the media, I just was having this conversation earlier this week with someone. It's just the, the idea, which is something that obviously we always push for, and, and the Internet kind of gives us an opportunity to show, in a sense, um, black excellence and things of that nature, if you will. Like, out of the example I gave this week was um, with the person I was talking to, was just the idea that, for example, um, what is it, Housewives, that show, there's a black housewife show and there's a white housewife show or whatever in our community will say, look how bad the black housewives make us look. And I said, the reason we'll do that is because to a degree um, in the media, you're not going to see the full gamut or the full spectrum of, of who we are typically because of the things you just alluded to. Whereas obviously with the uh, broader culture, if you will, uh, there's the full gamut. So you're never going to be, in a sense, relating, kind of like, as Tommy said, just to the worst of you, whereas we seem to relate uh, partly to, like you said, how we're displayed in the media. Not that I have an expectation of the media to do anything different, but it is our reality. Let's go to one of the callers. Area code 504, last three, seven, five, six. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Yes, um, I mean his brother Warren calling from New Orleans, and I want to uh, address two points. One is I still say because more blacks are in the mainstream media and more black institutions are receiving corporate money that many are, we are being given many talking points, and those talking points are controlled by the LGBT industrial complex in the overlapping group the feminist movement, and black people overwhelmingly support Cosby, and they are, they are conflicted about expressing their support for Cosby, but the talking point on how to look for Cosby has been implanted in us, which is creating a conflict, uh, and, I, and I think we need to look at that because more of these black mainstream academics and journalists who want jobs have to demonstrate that they're on board with the talking points that are provided by these special interest groups. Number two, white people go to jail. They're overdosing on drugs. It's just that the media doesn't hide like that. And so you have upper-middle-class whites have an opioid crisis. Their young people and middle-aged people are overdosing. I challenge you all to watch a Netflix documentary called The Pharmacist, and you'll see the problem it is there. And so we need to understand propaganda that's directed to us intensely 24-7 and how our so-called, quote-unquote, black leaders are being more so told what to say in order to continue their relationship with the carpet structure, with money, grants, and all other things. So uh, that's what I want to express. Now, thank you for that three cents, Warren, um, out of New Orleans. Appreciate you, King, for getting in. Um, Latrice, we'll give you your thoughts to it and get Tommy's and go to a break, and we'll get to 314 after that. Thanks a lot for the call. Go ahead, um, Latrice. Thanks. So I'd like to start to say that we, we definitely all need to check our, our check to make certain that we're not being led by propaganda, but we also need to make certain that we're not being led by our triggers of bias as well. I don't know what the LGBTQ plus industrial complex is, um, but I, I do think that, you know, there is some, um, there, there is some, I, I, I actually agree with some of what he said with regard to, you know, journalists have, they, they, they work, they're employed by 
companies that we don't own. And so they are definitely, you know, having to take a certain slant, and that's why you see certain things being said on Fox News versus MSNBC versus CNN. Um, it's all slanted. And so that's where critical thinking and the ability to do research and look beyond the propaganda comes into play. Um, that's where looking beyond the media soundbite and those, you know, the profits that we see popping up on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook, who we don't know their background, but we want to listen to them and, and let them lead us as if they are speaking the truth and gospel. We have to become more discerning in the information that we consume and make certain that we are not perpetuating the sharing of propaganda. Tommy? Uh, I will say this. If what that brother said was an Olympic competition, he would get 10, 10, and 10. <laughs> so that's, that's exactly how I feel. That's, I mean, he hit it right on the head. Um, a big part of, particularly when you're talking about the black intelligentsia, are nothing, doing nothing but regurgitating um, the, the white feminist talking point, the LGBT, because really that's the same thing. I know we, I don't separate the two. If that's the only thing I disagree with is I don't separate the white feminist movement from the it's all the same thing. Um, and so that's, 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 that is now the new moral authority within the black community. It has nothing to do with black. Black people aren't in control of what, when we talk about these narratives, because when we talk about the negative stuff, that's us putting those things out. You know, most of these cats, most of these guys are independent. You know what I'm saying? Whatever, whatever images we've seen over the last 25 years, that's been us. Let's, you know what I mean? Let's, let's be clear. You know, um, because nobody else would accept it. See, if the, if the music is messed up, then that means that we're messed up. You see what I'm saying? If the music sounds like what it is, it's because something is wrong with the, the if the if the music is a reflection of the culture, and 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 the must and the music is messed up or the culture is messed up, then we've got to look at us. Then that's what goes back to my original statement of is is it upside down or or, or whatever or is it just where we're at in the last 50 years because I don't think, I don't think what I think what we're talking about um, is something that's in the last 40 years, 50 years, as far as us embracing um, uh, some of the more, some of the more uh, negative aspects of our, of our culture. Um, But like I said, we don't really get a chance to talk about those things. Because well, let's do that. We are, we up against a break, is. and we up against a break. So let's do that um, as we as we continue this discussion. We also got another caller. If you're on the line and want to get in, the number to get in is six four six seven eight seven one six nine one. Again, that's six four six seven eight seven one six nine one. You do have to press one to let us know you want to speak. We'll be right back. All I ask is that you think. Have you heard about that podcast, Mental Dialogue? It's so good, it should be illegal. But if you miss the live show every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio, be sure to catch replays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, and all other streaming platforms. We are the return of intelligent radio, and we are the best in the world at having hard conversations on race, sex, gender, and business in the African-American community. And remember, all I ask is that you think. Imagine if I had Cosby on. I don't think you could. As a man, I don't think we could actually be around a guy like that. I have daughters. It would be too hard. Yeah, of course. I have two stepdaughters and my own daughter. It was uh, crazy. It was a crazy thing to see in the news that he was getting out. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, that's wild. And then... 
how many people were defending it. It was, it was interesting. They disingenuously defend. They they wrote this article. You know, they do clickbait um, about uh, Geraldo Rivera defending it, and he wasn't defending. He was defending the legal process. Exactly. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. wasn't defending him at all. But he was. He the the way. See if you can find a headline for the very disingenuous the way they labeled it because Geraldo Rivera was essentially saying they tried his character versus trying his acts, the problem is he had made a deal with the prosecutor to... Um, pr- under immunity. Under immunity, he testified mm-hmm. in a civil case. And, they, and, they, and then they played they that for that the grand jury. to prosecute him. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I don't know, what did he say in the civil case? Did they, it, it was it something public? to the effect of, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah I drugged him. He, he apologized? <laughs> apologize. Yeah, I'm trying to find out. But you know what? what's interesting is the response. So this is, uh, and I, I believe 100% in the law, and there's obvious people who are at fault here who made these deals and, and use this, this information incorrectly, but the law is the law. But the response, the public outcry or lack of it will be very uh, different, I predict. And um, I don't want to equate these things, but I think the damage he's done to women is pretty fucking severe. Derek Chauvin may get off on a technicality somewhere down the road. Why? You know, there's still the Maxine Waters thing. Let's just say it happened. Maxine Waters thing. She was she was tampering with a possible jury pool by talking about by traveling to the state by uh, talking about it publicly. This is this is an old story, but regardless, it's possible that can happen. Took Mm -hmm. Cosby a couple of years. Derek Chauvin could get off on a. He, forget why. He could get off on a technicality. What the fuck do we know? Right. That's going to make people fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, is it is it equal? I mean, what Cosby did? I mean, that's, I mean, where's the outrage? I think this is, I think it's, this, even though technically the law is correct, you know, the people who fucked it up need to be held to account. I think people are coming to grips with it right now where they're like, holy shit, is this real? Is mm-hmm. he out? Yeah. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Latrice Ross. This morning's discussion question, is black culture upside down from George Floyd to Bill Cosby? Our special guest is Tommy Bottoms. Got a couple of callers out there. Um, Latrice, again, we'll start with you, Queen. Um, Any thoughts in reference to hearing that cut from the Joe Rogan show? Um, You know, I... I'm okay with, while I'm not a, a follower of Bill Cosby, I, I, I do believe he's a rapist. Um, I believe that he should be out because of the technicality that did occur. When I look at the data and I analyze it and I assess it from a critical thinking perspective, there were failures. He should be out because um, of that technicality. Um, does that mean that he's, that means that, does that mean that he's innocent? Absolutely not. It just means that, his, you know, the court screwed up. Um, could it happen with, with Chauvin? I, I don't think it would be the Maxine Waters issue that, that freed Chauvin on a technicality. But who knows? I don't know the law like that. Perhaps he could. And if it's a verifiable, real technicality, then so be it. That would just mean that the court screwed up. Tommy, your thoughts? Okay. First of all, Bill Cosby did not get off on a technicality. He got off on the rule of law. That's what he got off on. 
there, a there is no technicality. No, he was left out. Of, he was let out of prison. This is this thing goes to the heart of the Fifth Amendment. This isn't some technicality. That's that's, that's number one. Number two. Nobody, everybody's claiming he's a rapist. Yet nobody can tell me what he. This, they just don't going off of this, the the the, the podcast you just played. They don't even know what he said in his deposition, but a uh, deposition. But they know that he's a rapist or that he admitted to it, and which he didn't admit to any of this stuff. This was a one hundred percent lynching, and Bill Cosby survived a lynching. That's exactly what happened. You know what I mean, no, none of these people who are calling him a rapist did not even follow this case, let alone even read the 50 different um, accusations. Because if anybody took even 20 minutes to read those accusations, you would have knew what was at play. All, this whole narrative that 50 women accused him of, of drugging and raping him, no. There was only four women. Four women made that accusation. And most of it was completely ridiculous. One woman, I mean, I could go off on this. <laughs> there was a woman who came in on the stand during the trial and admitted that she made the whole thing up. She admitted it in open court that she made it up. Yet the whole story was that 50 women can't be lying, yet there's one admitting that she's lying. So if one can be lying, 50 could be lying. Most of these women don't even, didn't even have sex with Cosby. One, these women were talking about stuff like he hugged me and it felt weird. This is what we're talking about, and and that's what scares me about who's in control of the of the conversation. Because we're talking about all this historical context. You mean to tell me the the historical context of of white women falsely accusing a black man and him getting lynched for it? There's no history for that. And people are just like he got off on a technicality. No, if Bill Cosby didn't have the the means that he had, if he didn't have the money that he had, he'd be still sitting in there. I don't know who Bill Cosby pissed off, but he pissed off somebody because they they were during COVID they were emptying the jails and prisons. They still had that man sitting in there. Like, well, let me jump in right here. Yeah, let me jump in right here. Um, we've done a few shows on Cosby, and I definitely want to always allow um, the passion. We definitely appreciate that. Our rule is we have a couple of rules. One is that we're not politically correct. If people hadn't already figured that out just from the cut that we already played. And two is bring your passion and be respectful of one another. And we do that very well here. So definitely appreciate the passion. What I want to highlight for everybody listening, because I don't want to turn this into, and not that you, Tommy, or Latrice have done this, but I wanted to be careful with this, is I don't want to turn this into a whether Bill Cosby did it or not. What I want to highlight, and I pointed this out on last week's intro, is Regardless of what position you are in, in reference to Bill Cosby within our African-American community, there are two different conclusions that people can come to, and you may disagree with why somebody comes to a different conclusion. Latrice has her conclusion. Tommy clearly has his conclusion. And There's what I like to conclusion that matter. Listen, brother, listen, you got to hear me out. They have the conclusion. The point that I want to make with inside, inside the culture that I think is very needed is regardless of whether you think there's one conclusion or not or if you think the other person is coming to the wrong conclusion, the thing that I want to point out mostly is we've allowed ourselves to be divided over the Cosby issue without understanding. Just as you just heard, people come to have been able to come to their own conclusions. And the reason that matters is because – between ourselves within our own culture, please respect 
that the people have a different conclusion. We're actually denigrating one another typically. It's not happening on this show at this moment, but I'm just saying I saw this throughout the time. We're denigrating one another as, as if you can't see the information differently. And, and I will give this clarity because I know you're going here, Tommy, and I'll get this out there for clarity. Um, from, a legal standpoint, from a legal standpoint, Tommy is correct in the sense that it's, it's not even fair to call it a technicality when the issue was due process, due, proce- due processing, due process when that's the issue, meaning there is no conviction to overturn because if you don't receive due process, you don't get to a conviction or no conviction. You don't even get to a trial. So I understand that's exactly what Tommy is meaning when, when due process is the issue that even that became the issue. So so that's what I know that's what you mean and I don't mind giving that legal clarity and um you know and in reference to I'm sorry, go ahead go ahead, Patrice. Well, I just want to say that I'm using the definition of the word technicality. You know how I am about words, yeah, that's not fair. the inference of the word. Got you. Now, very fair. Now, very fair. Yeah, from a yeah, absolutely. That's fair. From a yeah, from the actual definition itself. Now, fair enough. From a legal standpoint, it's not a legal technicality because due process means you, given that process, he he wouldn't even gotten to a trial to get out if that makes sense. And I know that's where Tommy's coming from. So, very fair point. I got a few callers. Let's get to the callers. Area code three one four nine last three nine five three. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Oh, good morning, Montoya. Hey, brother Pierre, how you doing, King? Out of St. Louis, what you got for us? I'm doing fine. You know, the key word that you may mention here was due process. As afforded by the Fourteenth Amendment, procedure due process was afforded to George Floyd, Charvin, and also Bill Cosby. It's not about right or wrong. It's not about it shouldn't be. It's about the law. The words that's used in the courtroom are different than if that word was used on the street. And Cosby was afforded due process, which he wasn't afforded in the initial prosecution. And, you know, another thing that he made a mistake, and I think that maybe he knew that in his second trial, he should have done some things that he didn't do. Now, now the state of Pennsylvania stand to be sued for incarcerating that man for two years and for a whole lot of reasons. As far as the culture being upside down, I don't think it's the culture being upside down. You're looking at a subculture within black society. Black society across the United States is all not the same. The culture is all not the same. And within it, you have produced, or should I say things have produced and has evolved into based on a lot of regions, the things that uh, you see that are associated with George Floyd, his social behavior, his norms. I don't know if he had any beliefs or not. And the one lady may mention something about DNA, but some people say it could be spiritual curses because that there also is strong within the religious society that lies within black society. I just want to put that out there um, Montoya. Thank you very much. Now, thank you for the call, Brother Pianti. I always appreciate the support. Um, so, yeah, and yeah, to kind of bring the conversation, you know, to a degree, back to, you know, is black culture upside down? Definitely don't want to turn it into whether Bill Cosby is guilty or not. Um, definitely um, have, in a sense, done that show, if you will. All right, let's go to another caller. Area code 
416 last 3586. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Hey, Montoya. This is Leslie from Toronto, Canada. Hey, how you doing? Can you hear me? Right, we can hear you loud and clear. What you got <laughs> this morning? We got about a minute before break. So I'm going to give you on after, two after the break, just so you know. Oh, okay. So I'm going to give a different take on the Bill Cosby thing. I, I think that um, the way he behaved with these women is typical of uh, wealthy culture. I think that he's not alone. I think that many other wealthy men um, have done the same thing as him. And um, But what what's interesting about it is that I don't believe he's ever been monogamous. And so there's this, this thing with wealthy men, and perhaps all men, to to act like you're in a monogamous marriage and you're faithful to your wife when you are actually polyamorous. And so Bill Cosby never, ever told the truth about that. He never came out and said, look, you know what, I'm attracted to multiple women. I like being with multiple women. I can't do monogamy. I don't want to do monogamy. He never did that. And that was probably because there was a lot of pressure to uphold an image. Um, but it was never true. And so I think that going forward, what we can all learn from this is that, you know, I, I would encourage black men and women to actually be truthful about your sexual orientation um, and the type of relationship that you genuinely want to have. If you genuinely want to be with 50 different women while you're married to your wife, then be truthful and upfront about that, and you'll be much less likely to end up in a situation like Bill Cosby. So that's my take on that. And if, as far as George Floyd, yeah, let me quit. We actually, let me do this. Let me go to break, and we'll get the rest of your thought um, coming okay. out of break. Okay. All right. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Where all I ask is that you think. How do you know? How do you know? That? Where did you get that hat and T-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at MoneyMotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes. And I love the message on it too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. And everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk, talk. They still know with me. Because I look like money. Smell like money. Talk like money. Even walk like money. How do you feel about him being locked up like this? What he did to his wife and his children. The embarrassment. And the, and the shame. You reap what you sow. That's all I can say. You reap what you sow. Were you surprised about it? No, I wasn't terribly surprised mm-hmm. because I, you know, being an actor and having worked with him a couple of times, we'd, we'd done the movie together. Uh, we'd I'd done an episode or two of his show. We'd heard the rumors. I was yeah. never present when any of these supposedly these incidents took place, but uh, the rumors were so prevalent and they were coming from such reliable sources that uh, 
you begin to look at him sideways, and you had to accept it as a fact. Why yeah, but would... isn't it terrible that you can hear at that time, at that time, that you can hear these rumors and nobody would, would say nothing about it, just let him go on and do what he. Well, was mind doing. you, this is long before social media, and you couldn't you couldn't bomb somebody out. But and... if I hear, hey, this guy, he likes to tie chicks up and slap them around. If I heard that about a guy, then maybe me and my my chicks would not be so eager to date that guy. Mm. Yet, the rumors prevailed, and the women did too. Still. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question is Black Culture Upside Down from George Floyd to Bill Cosby, my special guest co-host, Latrice Ross, as well as special guest Tommy Bottoms. I want to dig very much into that cut, uh, even before we get back to the caller, Leslie, from out of Toronto. Thank you, Queen, for calling in. Um, but here's an opportunity to go much, much deeper, um, and, and I'll tell you what I hear her in that cut um, again before we get back to Leslie. So Lunell is a pretty um, pretty popular comedy or comedian, I'm sorry, um, and she was doing an a interview with John Amos, uh, mostly known for his being a father on Good Times. But anyway, with that said, obviously they're kind of dialogue, and this is prior to um, obviously the release of Bill Cosby. So they were talking about it after it went to jail, and I wanted to really get into the nuance and share this context as well. So Lunell, based on what she's understood about Cosby and historically, from what I can gather myself, if you, if you know different, please correct me. But for the most part, I think she's pretty much been an advocate, similar to as Latrice said, uh, as one of those women who's kind of against Bill Cosby. And, and so that's kind of been her context. As, and that was, again, I just took part of the, the conversation. But within the context, I listened to her say this, and this is where we get deeper and into nuance. So her being, in a sense, advocating against or, or, or believing, you know, Bill has done these things, she says, she kind of initially says to John, hey, why did nobody stop him, per se? And John Amos clearly says, hey, well, you know, couldn't just, wasn't as easy as it might have been today to a degree, with, you know, without social media or whatever. But she goes on to say that, yeah, if, if these rumors are so prevalent, me and my, you know, girls, we would, in a sense, never get involved with these rumors. And so digging into this, this is where a lot of the context and people start saying people are being an apologist and things of this nature when you get into the, just the natural psychology of how people respond. And so I'm going to start with you, Tommy. So when I hear Linnea, who's an advocate against Cosby, but her common sense response was, if I'm around and hear these rumors, me and my women, we, in a sense, would not be involved, that kind of, in a sense, speaks to your point in reference to if you actually listen to, in a sense, all the accusations that, to a degree, end up seeming like a pylon, if you will. And so I just kind of wanted you to, you know, address that even in her advocacy against, she kind of came up with a, in a sense, common sense response, if that makes sense. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, well I think the heart of, and I'm, I'm kind of glad you played that clip, uh, right after the last call, because I think that speak because what what would for whatever reason is being kind of intertangled is him being promiscuous and him being a rapist. So when she was saying when um, she was asking about telling John Amos about 
you know, how embarrassed his family was about, you know, all this women and how it met, how it uh, affected his wife and everything, which, one, we don't know that they didn't, she didn't know. You see what I'm saying? This is between him and his wife. If she could forgive his promiscuity or maybe even knew about it the whole time, you know what I mean? We don't know that. But uh, uh, but we, we, we she goes on to say that, you know, and then John Amos says, yeah, I heard all the rumors. And then the rumors, that kind of fades into rumors about rape, though all he never really said, I heard rumors about rape. He was saying, I heard rumors that he was promiscuous, which doesn't necessarily mean you're a rapist. And I think that goes to the heart of what, you know, when we're talking about how people feel emotionally about this case and Mm -hmm. the facts of the case. You know what I mean? The facts of the case, I don't know if Bill Cosby is a rapist or not, but the stuff they put in front of me, clearly he's not a rapist. If, if I'm going off of based the, on the evidence, I don't know what that man has done, but based right. on the 50 cases he put in front of me, he's not a rapist, not even close to it. Now, is he promiscuous? Does he cheat on his wife? Well, cheating is only only his wife can determine if it was cheating or not. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Let's, and then going back to Latrice. Let me let Latrice jump in and we're going to get back to Leslie as well. Yeah, go ahead, Latrice, your thoughts, and then we're going to get back well, to Leslie. Oh, I'm sorry, did you have one? Tommy, did you have um, mm-hmm. her last yeah. thought? Well, no, I was just saying, and in, in just to speak to her last point, when she was saying, you know, which is what I said from the beginning, if, if social media or not, if there was a, if he was out here drugging people for thirty years, people, you you can't tell me I was robbing banks for fifty years and everybody knew it and nobody said nothing. <laughs> nobody. <laughs> okay, so so that kind of, I'm not even going to respond to that because there are, there are. There are tons of reports where people have done things over periods of time, and, they, you know, it didn't come to light. There was no social media um, back then. And I also want to bring up the context of the the way times were back then and the things that people accepted, the things that were considered to be acceptable, whether they were right or wrong. Um, I, I think that that's missing from this. Um, I, I still stand by what I said. He's a racist. So what are those things what that I've, what I I've read? But what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is that she brought up, well, why would they do that? Because different people have different interpretations of what mm-hmm. someone is. Did did those rumors reach them? Did they think that they could be the ones? The same reason that that women get involved in relationships with with men who have a history of being violent or whatever, because they think, oh, I'm the one that can change that dynamic. So we don't know what was going on on these women's head. I'm, I'm just, you know, based on what I've seen, I've reached my perspective, and that's that's that. I think that she she has a valid point that if you know better, you try to do better. If you know that something's dangerous, then you stay away from it. Some of it was that women thought, you know, maybe I can not be raped, or maybe I can not do this and get that that leg up in my career. I'm not I'm not naive enough to think that the casting couch is is a is, is a fairy tale. It's real. Um, think that all of those were you know, were, were voluntarily or were done with, with, with the knowledge of the which, women. Which one? Um, so we can get which into that. We've already the, had that radio show. This is about cancel culture. If we want to talk about Cosby, we can switch it up, but I'm trying to focus on the radio show, which is about cancel culture. So I don't want to turn this into is Cosby guilty or innocent because I can go there with the research that I've done. I'm talking about cancel culture, which brings me to another point that, you know, where we talk about, you know, someone brought up LGBTQ plus and white feminism. Um, feminism has splintered 
and there is white feminism and there is black feminism. And I don't think that it's necessarily the LGBTQ plus and white feminism that's driving what we see going on in our community. There is a, a splinter because there is black feminism or womanism, and it's, it's advocating for equity. And when we think about LGBTQ+, plus, um, I, I know that members of the black LGBTQ, LGBT plus community are not influencing our community. And if we say that they're being in, we're being influenced by that because of the number of people that are, are coming out or because of what we see on TV, it's the same simple reason that we want to see positive representation of ourselves in the media. They want to see it too. So it's not, you know, I think we look at those, it's easy to cast those as the, the evils that are infringing upon our community and creating all of this, and they're not necessarily that. Cool. Let's go back to Leslie real quick and get her last thoughts. All right, Leslie, you're back live with us. Again, we've shared a lot uh, since you started. Um, just any yeah. thoughts? Again, more, yeah, definitely trying to stay focused on the idea of is black culture upside down versus focusing on, yeah. you know, whether Cosby is guilty or not, if you will. We've done that show, as Latrice said. Go ahead, Queen. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if he's guilty or not. I don't know if he raped these women or not. But what what is dysfunctional in black culture is that we're not honest about our sexuality. And that's what Bill Cosby highlighted for me is that he was presented as almost this, like, asexual man who, you know, fully embodies monogamy, and he was, he was anything but that. He clearly was promiscuous or polyamorous, which, which I think is more accurate, but at no point in, in his career did he ever admit to being anything other than monogamous. And I think that's something we really need to look at as a culture because this, this is affecting, like, all of us. It's not just Bill Cosby. So hopefully we'll start to have more authentic discussions about sexuality um, as a result of this whole thing with Bill Cosby. Going to no. George Floyd, uh, mm-hmm. I didn't, sorry? No, go ahead, Queen, I'm sorry. Okay. I didn't get the impression that he was being presented as a saint, you know, as a perfect human being. Um, I, I think that um, there's a lot of anger amongst black people in regards to the injustice that, that is being perpetuated every day by law enforcement and police brutality. And so when something major like this happens where, you know, you can actually see it, it's on video, it's recorded, there's no way anyone could possibly deny what happened. You know, it was almost like a straw that broke the camel's back. So it wasn't just that black people were angry about George Floyd. Black people were angry, period. But it's just that now we actually had a videotape of it that was unmistakable. And so now it's like, okay, like white people, white uh, dominant culture, like you cannot allow this officer to get away with this. This is ridiculous. Like we are fed up. So I disagree with Candace Owens in the idea that he's being presented as a saint. Um, But by the same token, I do agree with conservative blacks in that, if as black people, if we know that the police are, are likely to be more brutal to us and unfair to us because of our skin color, then it's important that we don't play into their hands. And so I think that what Candace Owens um, went on to say is that, you know, if, if you're doing crime, you know, if you're using counterfeit money, counterfeit $20 bills, if you're high on drugs or whatever, and not, that's not to say white people don't do these things, but if you're doing these things habitually, and you're a black man or woman, you're playing into the hands of the, the white racist police. And so that's what I think Candace Owens is trying to get at. That's my, no, thank, 
No, nah, three cents, actually. We do three cents out here, Queen. But thank you so much for your three cents. Appreciate <laughs> your call this morning. I'm going to make, I'm going to read this off before we go to the top of the hour break. We'll get back to uh, Warren and it looks like um, Brother Pianchi wants to get back in. If you're online, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. Again, that's 646-787-1691. I'm going to read this comment from one of my former guests. Um, Sarah Lena, she put this up on Facebook, and it's just, again, our goal is to make you think, and we delve into these deeper conversations, and maybe we can talk about this a little bit um, coming out of the top of the hour break. Uh, but she wrote this this week in reference to Cosby, if you will. She says, prepare to be triggered, and she's quoting rap lyrics, and then she makes mention to Bill Cosby, so understand that you're going to hear some, and actually R&B lyrics as well. So this quote, quote, Put Molly all in her champagne. She ain't even know it yet. I took her home, and I enjoyed that. She ain't even know it yet. Rick Ross on the song, You Ain't Know. Quote, she tried to resist, so I took it from her. How you going to tell me no? You must not know who I am. End quote. Rich homie Kwan from the song, I Made It. Quote, and if you got a daughter older than 15, I'm a raper. Take her on the living room floor right there in front of you. Then ask seriously what you want to do. End quote. DMX, X is coming. Quote, don't they know my nigga gutter? Fucking kidnap kids, fuck them in the ass, throw them over the bridge. Biggie, what's beef? The whole song, Blame It on the Alcohol by Jamie Foxx. The whole song, Blurred Lines by Robin Thicke. Almost every Eminem song ever made. And then she says, moral of the story, if Bill Cosby was a gangster thug or rapper, no one would care. People expect groupies to willingly get high, drunk, and then sleep with those type of men because they have swag and sex appeal. Become the world's favorite father and teach valuable lessons through your platform. Then it's a different story. And she closes with, and before you comment, don't put words in my mouth. I said exactly what I said, not what you feel like I'm saying. Definitely a lot to unpack there, but we are at the top of the hour break. We'll come back. Latrice. Tommy, if you will, gather your thoughts, and we'll talk about what you just heard. All I ask is that you think.
regardless of what your textbooks that taught to your teachers and told you, America's never settled the Civil War. Yeah, we ended the bloody battle. The bottom line, that beef is still there. That's why 150 years later, there's still tension in the air, like an unhappy marriage with a couple was forced to stay together simply because the children were there. But if you sit back and do an objective analysis of the American social fabric, you will see that the racial dynamics have shifted very little. I mean, to this day, you still got white liberals, white bigots, white guilt, and white privilege, and an educated black middle class who struggles with racial identity. Because without that attachment to middle class and Jim Crow, you don't got much in common with the common Negro no more. And for that, you feel guilty to connect with your people. You buy into the narrative that America's still 1960 Mississippi, but slavery and segregation was ages ago. So not a new Jim Crow is income and zip code. Gang colors in corners. We say Black Lives Matter, but nobody's even asking. What exactly is Larry Hoover's influence on the black underclass, also known as the niggas? Because with the exception of the Mexicans, everybody else is scared of niggas. And that includes the white liberals, the white bigots, and particularly the educated black middle class. That's why your club flyers read, no hoodies, white tees, no sneakers, no jeans. And you need to pull your pants up, you want to party with me. This party right here is only for the ground and sexy. Until a nigga get shot by the cops, not a boozy nigga want to rock a hoodie to the march. And that's right when the white liberal white guilt kicks in. Because you don't want to be connected to the white bigots. And the white bigots don't admit white privilege. That's because half of just poor white trash. Which means you're nothing more than just niggas with privilege. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question is Black Culture Upside Down from George Floyd to Bill Cosby. Special guest co-host Latrice Ross. Our special guest is Tommy Bottoms, as you just heard. One of his poems, Black Guilt, that I think aptly applies to um, this morning's discussion. But I want to jump into Sarah Lena's uh, post, if you will, that she broke down the lyrics that we, in a sense, let slide as a culture, and she suggests that had Bill Cosby been a rapper or whatever, in a sense, we let that slide, but the image of who Bill is now, uh, we attack that because he's not these things that we, in a sense, consider celebrity. Uh, Tommy, I'm actually going to start with you because you've been, in a sense, making that point, um, I think, for most of the morning. So I'll start with you, get Latrice's response, and then we'll go to the callers. Well, I, I think it's interesting that um, on one hand we're saying that, you know, that Cosby has a lot of black support, but she has to preface her message that with the idea that people are going to come after her. You know what I mean? So who's going to be coming after her if not black people? But she, what she feels is that I'm saying something against what the popular black opinion is. Now, granted, a lot of attitudes have shifted, you know, since he uh, got out, right? You know, now a lot of people – a lot of the people who used to, two years ago or three years ago, whatever it was, who were arguing with me and telling me I was a rape apologist and an Uncle Tom and all these different things, now I see him and they're like, "Yeah, I'm glad he's out." So there's been a shift in, in the in the in the um, tone, I guess. People kind of, for whatever reason, I guess the distance of it. But I th- and I think that goes to the because to me, the only reason Cosby was allowed to be lynched is because we gave him over. And I think that speaks to the culture because we, we gave him up because we didn't like what he had to say 
to black people, right? And what, what Bill Cosby was doing was what I said earlier. Educated black middle class needs to preach what they practice. And I think that's what we and I think that's the most offensive thing into to or a lot to a black intelligentsia, right? Nobody wants to hear that. And I think that's why we let Cosby get out there to hang. Because listen, when when he made that pound cake speech, the one that you know, where everybody got mad, he was in a room full of people. It was, he was at the NAACP uh, convention. There was several hundred people in the audience clapping and applauding and amening. But when, when, when the shit hit the fan, where were all those people, right? Where, and when we talk about black people circling around, circling around the waggings around uh, our black celebrities or whatever, there was none of that. The HBCU community completely turned their back on, on Cosby. Completely, and, and and not just that, not just it's not just the fact they turned it back on Cosby. The HBCU community probably wouldn't exist without Cosby injection of money and influence in the nineties. Many of these schools would not even still be able to exist to this day. I mean, he literally put black culture on his back, and for now, the children to come around and say somehow that you talk bad about black people or, and and you deserve whatever you because that was really what it is when you hear people talking. They're saying you deserve whatever you're getting. Yeah, you might be innocent, but you deserve it because you shouldn't have been effing them white girls. But that's the other part of it. He was out there having sex with white women. And let's be clear, Becky and Keisha ain't got along for a long time now, and that is the ultimate sin for for a lot of black women. You should you got what you deserve. You shouldn't have been messing with them. And I think that goes into, like I said, the culture. And, 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 and we got to address these things because Bill Cosby is more than an icon. He's not just a comedian, right? He dedicated his entire career to creating this positive image of black people, right? Let me and jump in here and let three thoughts. Um, as I listen to you, Tommy, um, what you just said also makes me think of what um, our previous caller, Leslie, said, um, the idea of even what she was talking about and how, as you, as you kind of mentioned, the rumors or whatever, you know, him having, in a sense, creating this image to you, in a sense, used to put black culture mm-hmm. on his back. And it's almost like, like to a degree, like she said, the fact that he didn't even fit into that is it may be more about what's being attacked than quote unquote, if you will, the facts of the, if, of this case or the legality of this case, if you will, is just kind of some thoughts that come to my mind. Latrice, um, um, your thoughts in reference to again, just listening to all of this and how it relates to the culture. Uh, I, I definitely recall as I watched a lot of back and forth over the last couple of weeks since Cosby's release that um, seeing a lot of sisters in a sense feeling like um, that you know the defense of Cosby was this idea of always being in defense of uh, in a sense our celebrities just simply because they were black and the first thing that came to my mind was Cosby wasn't in our favor at that time due to the quote unquote pound cake um, conversation he had went from someone that we highly admired to saying that people thought, um, in a sense, Cosby was dismissive of the community. So, so I didn't see that the defense had anything to do with Cosby, in a sense, simply being a celebrity because he wasn't in favor from a cultural sense. That part I definitely can agree with on that. Uh, you know, with Tommy on that part. Um, your thoughts, Queen? Um, I can agree with it on that part. And he wasn't—he he was a success. And I think because when we look around our community, there are, you know, in, in compare and contrast with other groups, 
there are there are fewer successes than than in our community than in many others. Um, and so there is that dynamic. Additionally, you know, he, he I, I agree that you know HBCUs would not exist without Cosby. I completely agree with that. I agree with it, but I also believe that people will do good to cover up the dirt they do. Um, so there is that dynamic. Um, with regard to the comments, the the post that the 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 young lady made, I agree with it. There is a, a, a hypocrisy in our community, and it annoys the hell out of me. Um, you know, my thing is, I, I look, I, I I try to view things black and white, but we make things gray. And if you know that that the hypocrisy lives in the gray, um, and I think that that's a problem in our community. As a black woman, um, I I don't believe you know I believe in gender equity, and when I look at data and I look at history of of black women and how they've been oppressed, how they've been raped, um, even how black women got pulled into the white feminist movement because the white femi- black women were the most marginalized group. And if black women are free, then everybody's free. Everybody's getting, you know, getting what they need. Um, so we've always been at the bottom. And so I- I'm going to advocate for gender rights and gender equity and the right to live without someone taking advantage of you sexually. Um, so, you know, I, I definitely agree with the, the young queen's statement. She pointed out the hypocrisy, and when people point out that hypocrisy, you get, your amygdala gets hijacked, you get triggered, and you go off. Um, and, and she knew that it would be triggering. And But I agree wholeheartedly. If you listen to the lyrics of many of the, the um, hip-hop artists today, it is degrading to women. It is talking about rape, um, sexual assault. So, you know, draw your line in the sand and stand on it, but don't be hypocritical about it. Absolutely. Let's go to a caller. Area code 647-LAST-3050. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Hey, good morning. This is Patrick. How you doing? Hey, what's up, Patrick? Um, Calling out of Canada, but from the U.S. I always point that out. You know that. Go ahead, King. What you got for us? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it'll be back in the U.S. soon, actually, by the end of the year. But um, So, yeah, interesting discussion. I don't know the clip that you played earlier when they were playing the lyrics. Um, I didn't I didn't hear any mention of Cardi B in there, who, which it wasn't in her lyrics necessarily, but she did admit to drugging men and, and robbing them. So um, there's that. And a lot of that actually goes on these days, so just wanted to throw that in there. Um, as far as as far as women are concerned, I mean, I, I, I think there's, there's this, been this thing of separating black men and women, and I think that's where the problem is, you know, when we talk about the whole, that whole feminist angle. So to, to kind of stick to your topic of the day, do, you know, is black culture upside down, right? It is, and it is therefore, it, it, it may not be upside down, but, you know, there's some things that need to be corrected and need to be fixed, and it's hard to do that when the propaganda is coming in so thick. Like, for as an example, black women these days are doing better than black men. They're filling up the universities. The percentage of black women going to getting a degree is, is you know, it surpassed black men. Um, black women filling up um, these corporate jobs is indisputable. Now the numbers are coming in, and more black women percentage-wise are getting jobs than black men. But 
I, I think we should keep it to just black people. Because like what happened what happened with Ice Cube was when he went on that show with those black women to talk about his plan, they said, Yeah, you have a plan for black people, but what about black women? And so he he had a real confused look on his face, like I remember that look. What are you talking about? Black women black women are black people. So I think maybe we should keep it towards black people as a group and not do the separation thing. Because black men don't control anything overall, and we don't own anything. We can't really hire and fire anybody. So we should not be the target of any feminists, whether they're white or black. Let me so, say this. Let me just, you know, you, uh, I'll try to keep you on out after the break, but we're up against the break. Uh, definitely we want to hear y'all comments, but i got to take care of our sponsors, especially this very next sponsor. They have an amazing fashion show um, tomorrow. So if you're in the Atlanta area and don't have anything to do, Please join um, Elisa in the Sunrise Fashion Show. So we'll be right back. You're listening to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. If you love black culture and black class, kings and queens, Elisa Designs is presenting the Fashion Show of the Year. The evening will be one to remember, featuring Atlanta's finest dancers, dramas, singers, poets, and last but not least, some of Atlanta's finest designers, including Delisa Designs. Dinner, drinks, and after party will all take place at the beautiful Dawn Event Hall, located at 3201 Atlanta Industrial Parkway, Northwest Atlanta, on Sunday, July 11th at 4 p.m. Tickets and vendor booths are available on eventbrite.com. Search for The Sunrise Fashion Show or contact Delisa at 404-453-5865. Again, that's 404-453-5865. I promise you, you don't want to miss this show. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I was actually hoping to have Delisa, the woman responsible for the Sunrise Fashion Show, on just to speak briefly about supporting that queen. Again, if you are in the Atlanta area, please go to Eventbrite and search for Sunrise Sunrise Fashion Show. Sounds like an amazing time. Uh, I actually have to work, so I won't be able to go out, but I definitely would be supporting that king that queen otherwise. So I definitely want to recommend that. Um, she's probably tied up and getting ready for the show tomorrow, so she wasn't able to come on this morning. But back to this morning's discussion question. Is black culture upside down from George Floyd to Bill Cosby? Um, Latrice, we'll start with you as our queen this morning um, in reference to uh, – Patrick out of Canada, calling us out of Canada, his thoughts on, in a sense, black culture being upside down. There are things we need to correct, and there's this constant, for at least the way I understood him, there's this constantly divide, divide. and, you know, obviously we've had those dialogues on, on this show. But I, I will say that quite often that um, I am of this idea that any upliftment that we're looking for for black people is inclusive of black men and black women, and I do agree that sometimes we don't see it that way. And you know that I completely understand, in a sense, uh, how there is this intersectionality that often gets overlooked. Um, I will just kind of offer that sometimes I think it gets brought in when I would agree with him in the sense of an ice cubes um, thing for, you know, in a sense, black America, you know, to a degree, um, it, it, it seems like there has to be this divide, in a sense, before we move forward. But I will say, you know, to, to those ladies' credit, 
Ice Cube, in his confused look, did say, well, let's add all that in. So he did come to that conclusion. But go ahead, Queen, your thoughts on what Patrick had to say. So, um, yeah. Now, I, I do kind of agree that sometimes that division, it can be a little bit ludicrous. But it's, it, it comes from a place of privilege to say that why don't women just put the fact that you're a woman on hold so we can all fight for the black race. You're asking me to forget the part of me that's a woman. And that's Let me the ask part that question, men quick, don't understand. Real quick, yeah, one quick, one quick question. So, so just to, and then I'm, I'm, I'm jumping in just to get into the nuance of this. So, I don't think that, in because again, I don't think that it's in a sense coming from the space of that the upliftment of let's, you know, get our our make sure and that we're getting. That's not what I'm okay. saying either. Yeah, yeah, I just want to throw right. this out though. No. What I'm saying is, I don't. It's just. There is no connection to putting a, the black woman on hold. What we're the equity that we're asking for is getting pay, getting fair housing, getting fair opportunities. There is no putting the black woman on hold when that's what's, what the ask is. Sometimes that's all that we're asking for. And and I'm just saying, how was that response putting the black woman on hold? Does, so yeah, in that in that simplified in that simplified manner, it's not. Because those are things that we're all fighting for. But then when we get into the, when we begin to get into the peel back the layers and, and, and dig into the nuances of all the things that we need as a community, there are additional things that black women need that don't necessarily apply to black men. And they get lost in that, in fighting for the race. Because I fight for both black folk and black women. And, 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 and I think that's what we need to understand. When, when black women, when we step up and say, well, what about us? It's because there's something that's been said or something that's been written that's, that made that person feel that they were being left out of the discussion. And so, we, you know, what, what happens is so oftentimes it's dismissed as feminism. But, again, I like to dig beneath the layers and figure out why that dynamic exists. And that's something no, that a I lot of people don't just throw, oh, this is feminist. No, let me jump in here because I, I love what you're saying. I'm just trying, and the nuance that I'm doing is, get, like, I need an example of what, in a sense, that if you want, if you want to say black men are asking for a certain thing, because I, I agree with you that the way I simplified it, that's a fair comeback or a, a fair dialogue to me. I'm just unaware of what do we sometimes ask for that is not inclusive. Like, it's, you should say, like, if we're unaware that we're asking for something that's not including you, then then that's then that's why we still have trouble understanding why the divide, if you if you will, because like we don't think we're fighting for black men and black women. We think black people is both. And I'm not saying we're right. I'm just telling you, I still fail to understand when when do we ask for something that's not inclusive. Like just I just need an example, not try to make you wrong. I'm just telling you why we don't understand where you're coming from. If that makes sense. And I think so. It's not necessarily that there is that ask that you're not you're not asking for things that may, perhaps may not be as inclusive of us. Like one of the things he said about black women getting jobs. Yeah, we're getting jobs, but they, we're still paid lower than black than black men in a lot of industries. So yeah, we'll, they'll they'll invite us into corporate America because we make them feel more comfortable than black men. But when they, they you know the few people that mm-hmm. sit on the board, they're typically fewer black women than black men of the right. few that are there. There are right. typically fewer black women CEOs than fewer than the black men CEOs. But it's in the it's in the minutia, it's in the details, it's the things that 
that go on in the black community that, that disparage black women. And that's the thing that, that that's where that, that, that difference comes in. We, you know, it's the taking up for us instead of saying, you know, black women in the attitude. You know, it's though, and you yeah, don't yeah, do that. You're very conscientious about that. But I'm talking okay, about in generalities, and that's where typically it comes from. But we do okay, have to so, give a distinction that, that even within the act that we have to make certain that we are saying, it, there has to be a distinction because you stand pull up black people, but you got to make that distinction. We want black women to be paid equitably too because we're paid lower than black men. So, so what happens is that's what we're asking, and I don't think everybody, no, I don't think, I don't think that's ever been understood. Like, I'm, I mean, like, like there, I don't, I don't think I can go to any black man who's in a sense fighting for equality of pay that's ever thought to himself because again we're very aware that you know I mean we're kind of we'd be naive not to admit that we relatively are a matriarchal society. Let's just be honest about that. So there's never been a point where there's a black man who's in a sense fighting for some type of policy does that, that does not include us getting the play because we I mean if you look at the numbers you know, we make 80 cents on the dollar to the white man. The black woman makes 83 cents on the dollar to the black man. So we're three cents apart. So black men are not saying make sure we get paid and that our sisters don't. We're saying let's make sure that when we go for that job, we want the same dollar that the white man gets. Like that's all black men are saying. And we, right. so we, we don't think to make and the distinction for you as well. And, and, and I get that. And I'm saying, and, and the easy solution is let's just say both, let's just say all black people. And I think that is the language That's because so often, so many times, it's, it's the, the, the devil is in the details. When we get taken advantage of on a contract, the devil is in the details. And so those details need to be included. I think really when they called out Ice Cube, which I, you know, I didn't necessarily agree with, I, I, I didn't actually agree with the whole thing. It wasn't well thought out. But I think it was because the devil was in the details and the details were missing. Uh, I'm gonna let Patrick jump in real quick. I think I tried. I tried to represent you well, Patrick. What you got, King? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, so the data. So here's one of these things. So, kind of on the topic. So you have a, black people have a culture, and within that culture, we have black men and women. So when you say black people, it encompasses both, right? So then when I hear, well. We don't get paid such and such. Well, a lot of black boys are reading at a fourth grade level, but we don't say, well, black women, why don't you do something about it? We don't control how much you get paid because we don't own the means of production in a lot of the corporations and companies and places of employment in the United States. We don't control that. We're fighting to get some, you know, some of those same jobs. So I think to look at, us like we're not doing something that we should be doing, like we have some kind of control over it, I think it's disingenuous. I think it really is. And it causes division. It causes these arguments. If, I, I would just like to hear what is, point by point, what is it that we're doing against black women that black women feel like they need to separate themselves? Now, black men and women, we both got issues, but we both got to solve so- them together. And we just want to know what the issue. Please state point by point. Well, we're not going to do the point by point. I think it's a fair thing, but we're not going to do it on this show to a degree because um, we could do that show and we've kind of done it to a degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, 
What I will throw out to okay. you. Okay, I'll, I'll rephrase no, 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 Just hold on, brother, brother. I'm by, by, I have to call us too, so I just want to say yeah. it to you. So um, I don't think I'll throw out, again, just coming from, a, in my opinion, a psychological standpoint, just do understand that the sisters are not being disingenuous from the standpoint of not being aware of, in my opinion, the perspective that you're presenting that from. Because disingenuous would, would be knowing and intentionally dividing despite that we're not in control of these things or we're not having these asks. I do will give them that they are sincerely thinking these distinctions are needed. I'm willing to challenge distinctions, but they're not being disingenuous in my opinion. I'll leave you with that. Um, Latrice, I'll give you one last thought, and I want to get Tommy's okay. thoughts before I go to another caller. Go ahead, Latrice. All right. So, so I'll just say just just that when I when I think about that that final question, just the fact that I have I have I'm being asked to choose between my gender and racial identity. That in and of itself. Now, I to your point, it's not being disingenuous. And, and as a man, it may not you may not understand the need for that representation to be represented in the words. And and it is a psychological thing. But men, black men experience it, too, when they are left out of the dialogue. And so that's the thing. It seems little when you're not impacted by it. So the last thing, like, but your first, let me say this, Latrice. So when you say you're being asked to choose, like, that's not what we're saying at all. We're not, when he said point for point, what he's saying is he's trying to figure out what do, what's the distinction that we need to make? Because we're just saying black people, as, in a, to, a sense, to a degree, when we're saying this is what we want to happen for black people, we're, we're, we still are saying we're not understanding where the distinction lies because the things that I just rolled out, there were no distinctions. We want us to get the pay. We want the same opportunities. Like we're just saying that in general for black people. So we're not asking you to decide. We, we're just not understanding that when we ask where we didn't include you. That's that's different and, than the inclusion is just the phrasing. And, 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 and I said it. The devil is in the details, and it's my and, it, and it's my new. And I don't argue those those miniature details, if you will. But for a lot of people, it's the representation that's being shown. So, in, how difficult it is is it to say instead of black people, black men and women are all genders because it's not just binary genders anymore. All genders of black people. It's just it's just being represented, and and it seems trivial, and in a certain sense it is, because when I talk about the differences in being asked to choose and how privilege exists for black men over women, I'm not talking about those minor details, but I understand from a psychological perspective why it happens, because if you're if you're not represented there, then it's much easier. You said black people. Well, in a patriarchal society, the first thing that comes to mind with black people is going to be men. And so that's yeah, what it again, is. I don't think it's like that. Yeah, very conf- it confuses me because I literally think I'm talking about you and the woman. We are up against the break. Um, go to the break, and Tommy, you'll be coming out of the break. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. All I ask is that you think. Have you heard about that podcast, Mental Dialogue? It's so good, it should be illegal. But if you miss the live show every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio, be sure to catch replays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, and all other streaming platforms. We are the return of intelligent radio, and we are the best in the world at having hard conversations on race, sex, gender, and business in the African-American community. And remember... 
All I ask is that you think. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. That cut comes from Taylor Place, where well runs dry uh, by our sponsor, Square Business Entertainment. Please go look them up on YouTube and all music streaming platforms, giving you some real R&B, not sexually influenced heavy music that we hear on popular radio. Uh, definitely encourage you to get to know that artist, Taylor Pace, and thank them for sponsoring the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. This morning's discussion question, is black culture upside down from George Floyd to Bill Cosby? Uh, Tommy Bottoms, again, you are our special guest with along with special guest co-host Latrice Ross. Uh, Tommy, I, I, I kind of hijacked my own show, and you kind of sit back and had to, in a sense, observe uh, my, mine and Latrice kind of going back, trying to understand it from a nuanced level. Uh, what did you hear uh, in that discussion uh, as you kind of sit back and listen to us? Go ahead, King. Um, I, I, the heart of, you know, I, I think it's a not a new discussion. I, I like hearing different perspectives on it. and uh, But I think it gets down to the fundamental thing. I think you and the other caller was, you know, what are we talking about? What are the specific things when you say, um, you know, they making this who's making you choose you know what i mean it's like it's kind of these vagaries i, I know you said devil in the details but what are the details you know and and who's who's this force that's saying you have to make this decision and what are these issues that are unique to black women that don't like that that don't um and I, you don't have to rehash it i'm just really more making a statement than anything um more than just the, the kind of the I see this play out all the time on social media, you know, that back and forth, you know, um, of, you know, people have strong opinions and passions about things, but then they may not be able to articulate it in a certain kind of way. Uh, doesn't mean that it's wrong, you know, or anything like that, but I mm-hmm. think that goes into the heart of what you see a lot of, uh, of the discussions. Yeah, let me say this real quick, and Latrice, go ahead and give us a response, and we're going to go to the caller. And, I, I mean, you know me well enough, so, you know, we've done this before. But, yeah, I'm saying this really from a sincere – from a, and I know no, you know this already. No, 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 I'm talking to Latrice now. I'm talking to Latrice. No, 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 I know, you, I know you're not oh, saying that. No, no, I understand you completely. I just want to get a response from her, and then we'll go to the callers. And, and she already knows this, but I want to let the callers know this as well. So she knows that I am sincerely trying to figure out what those distinctions are because – if I would gladly bring them forward. It's just I just want to um, Latrice to be very aware that quite often, even when the men are getting together, we're 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 completely thinking that we're inclusive and those, and so we don't understand 
when we're not being in reference to, in a sense, what what may be a, a issue that we're pushing for from a level of equity from a systemic standpoint. I mean, there's no, we, you know, we would be foolish to act like there's not issues within the community and the culture in reference to how women are treated in music and or just in a sense. I think those are separate issues, but from a systemic standpoint, we're usually at a loss, but we're but we're not at a loss from trying to fight or go against you. We're at a loss because we think we're we we don't we're not we're not thinking black men when we say black people. We're thinking both. I would think for most of us. So one last thought on that, then we'll go to a caller. Okay. So I, what I'll say is this: I think when you if you go and you look back historically at social justice movements and, and the fight for racial equity. Um, what we've seen is that by black women not being differentiated in these movements, um, it's in many instances the issues that are associated with being a black woman haven't been adequately addressed. Mm-hmm. And it, it essentially comes down to a one-size-fits-all approach. If you're mm-hmm. lumping us all together, then you're saying the problems are all the same and they're not. So you have to make a distinction that you're going to include the problems that address black men as well as the complex issues and problems that address black women because they are not always the same. And oftentimes when you lump everybody up into a one-size-fits-all category, those more complex issues get left out of the equation. Okay. No, that makes sense. All right, let's go to Kevin out of South Carolina. What you got for us, King? Give us your three cents this morning. What's going on? What's going on? Uh, clarification after I say what I say. <laughs> if, if you ain't clear, if you ain't clear, we gonna clear. We gonna clarify that. We gonna clarify, Calvin. I'm glad you know how it go on this show. Matter of fact, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me let me get this through. Let me get this out. All right, go ahead. First bro. of all, we need that. You need to set up a forum in Atlanta, and I will come to Atlanta. About this same exact subject because you ain't came to the you ain't, you ain't become, you ain't become on, a middle dollar me member yet. You ain't even become a middle dollar member yeah, yet. Me you this. ain't gonna tell me what to do. Yeah, let me get this out. Hold on, let me get <laughs> let me get this out <laughs> because it needs to be said. And I'm speaking on behalf of millions of men, black men around the country. I know this for a fact. I just had this we just had this conversation yesterday, and we keep trying to be so nice. I'm, I'm still with being nice. First of all, and I, and I love you, sister. I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. But women are delusional when it comes to this subject. Black women <laughs> are delusional when it comes to this subject. Hold on, hold on, real quick, real quick, real quick. Wait, hold on, hold on. I got to cut you. That's the next one. Is black is black male privilege. Listen, 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 you only got to say no now. Please let me finish. Please let me finish. I'm going to let you do this, Kevin. I muted you just for a split second. I don't know what the subject is. So when you say when it comes to this subject, because, again, this morning's discussion is, is black culture upside down from George Floyd to Bill Cosby? I get that me and Latrice are going back and forth on how we see the difference in fighting for our issues. I don't know what you mean by subject. So I have to get that clarity before I can understand your point. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to bring you off a of mute. But I, when you say this subject, I don't know what this subject means. I mean, I'm sincere. I'm being very sincere with you right now. So what do you mean by subject and then make your point? It, what, what, all right. What's the when you, you say subject? If I don't know what subject you're talking about, what do you mean by subject? So that I can understand your point. Well, I mean the subject. No, 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 no. Let me let me if you let me finish it, it will it will make itself clear. You gotta tell me <laughs> what, what subject is. is. You gotta tell me what subject, the subject is. Subject is. Are we upside down? Yes, we okay. are upside. Okay. I just want to make sure that's what you. So, yeah. so you're like saying. Said, let me, so here let it is. Let me I'll let you through. finish. 
I'm going to let you finish, but I want you to understand that if you're saying the question is, are you upside down, you started out with that black women are delusional about whether we're upside down or not. I need you to hear yourself. I just want you to hear yourself because this is what we do. We challenge each other. And if you're telling me the subject is, are we upside down, I'm struggling with that your point's going to be that our sisters are upside down or are delusional about whether we're upside down or not. I think you're about to turn this into a gender show, and I'm just challenging mm-hmm. you on it. So if you're about to do a gender show versus the subject, keep that in mind. Go ahead. I'm going to let you get it out, though, brother. But I, def- I definitely wanted to get that clarity because you always don't want me to give clarity, but you're taking us in a different direction. Go ahead, King. What I'm saying, my friend, please, if you let me finish, it will make itself clear. I promise you. <laughs> All right, go ahead, brother. Now, what I'm saying is this. Problem is, is that we're practicing things that were meant to design us. We are upside down, yes. And our people, first of all, this gender, the blacklist, all this is one, just pieces of the same puzzle. We're practicing, we're in a white supremacist uh, uh, system. And that system got us fighting against ourselves. It got us torn apart. And they play these tricks with us on purpose. They got the women fighting the feminist woman or movement, and black women have nothing to do with the feminist movement. That is a trick that you have fell for that takes you away and out the arms of the black man, period. I don't care what no one said. I can take you historically and prove this. The problem is you're fighting two different wars, and one of those wars is destroying your black men. You trying to help your gender while you destroy your men, your sons, in the same battle. So you got to pick a side. See, they got to fight all these different sides. No other group on the planet will tell you that they don't need their men. No Chinese woman going to come up there. No Arab woman going to come up there. No white woman going to go out there. Somewhere. But a black woman will tell you, I don't need a man. Well, I run into a, I run into a lot of black men who don't say that. I mean, a whole lot of black women who feel like they do need us. So I don't know that it's. A I'm, not right I'm not talking about this. I'm not talking about this. I'm not talking about that. You can't talk. You can't talk about the others without talking about those. Exactly, sir. Kevin. Exactly, Kevin. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Tommy respond first. I got a lot of callers. Here we go. Hey, Tommy, any thoughts to what Kevin's saying? And I'm gonna. I got a lot of callers, Kevin. I'm gonna. I might let you get back in though. But go ahead, Tommy. I think you can't just say that. Uh, there hasn't been a, a a movement over the 25 years of I don't need no man. Like, is that apply to all black women? Of course not. But to pretend that that hasn't been a movement of, of what, while black women have been coming up in the ranks over the last 25 years, that the high, this idea of I don't need a man is, come on. Because speaking to the brother's point, that is true. When, when, the, when, when the white women in the 70s, started coming out, the, the feminists started planting this idea in that you don't need a man. Well, they kept their man. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Well, all these white feminists were out there telling, their, telling these black women they don't need a man and kick him out of the house if he don't do this, this, and that. See, all these white women that talk all that stuff, they married. And most of them married to alpha men. Let's be, let's be 100. Most of them, they, they married to the very Neanderthal that they claim they out here trying to fight. So let's be clear about that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay, so when we talk about the I don't need a man movement, let's talk about where it really started. And that's when they, when uh, in the 40s with the Housing Act, 
and they moved, they moved black people into the projects because they couldn't find work when white, white people moved out to the suburbs. And in those instances, black men couldn't be in the households. They would even send white men at night to check and make certain that the husbands weren't there. So that's when our families, outside of slavery, that's when our families began to be broken up. And so men were left to their own devices outside of the, outside of the household. They they did what what is human nature. They needed they needed comfort. They found it in other women's arms. And as a result of that, our households were broken. Women were left to raise their children. And this is also where that dichotomy of women love their sons but raise their daughters, because they would love their sons and they would they would, they would in in some ways incapacitate them by by coddling them. But then we were hard on our daughters and raising them to not need anybody so you don't ever have to experience what mama and grandmama have experienced. Now, it's evolved in present day because so many people don't understand the root cause of why things happen. And so we do have certain women out here who say, I'm strong and independent and I don't need a man. But it's those who don't understand the historical context of how that came to be. So I'm not denying that those women don't exist. They do. But that's why. That is the why. And, again, that's what we try to do. Uh, with all the callers out there, you're going to have to press one. I'm going to try to make the next segment mostly for y'all because we've got a lot of callers. I'll try to get some of the others that are trying to get back in as well. If you're on the phone line and want to get in, you do have to press one. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. LNG Technology Services, we are your industry leader in aircraft and heavy equipment repair services. In commercial business for over 15 years, LNG technicians have over 150 years of equipment-specific knowledge and are known industry-wide for returning worn-out, broken, and overused ground support equipment back to the user in working better than new conditions. For a service job done right at a value unparalleled in the industry, contact LNG Technology Services at 478-781-4860. Again, for a service job done right, that number is 478 478- 781-4860. LNG Technologies is a Mental Dialogue Gold member and proud sponsor of the Mental Dialogue community. If you have a product or service you want to get out to the smartest audience in all of radio, please contact me again directly at 404-604-9477 or if you follow us on social media on the Facebook page at Mental Dialogue or IG at mental underscore dialogue and inbox me, DM me to find out our amazing rates for getting your product or service. Speaking of mental dialogue, I am happy to announce the mental dialogue presents the live experience. We are finally back. Haven't met uh, since meeting in urban grind for a number of years. Uh, February of last year, we are moving this Wednesday to the studio house. So we used to be third Fridays right now. We're going to try and after work, uh, basically, networking event. Uh, You've never had this much fun networking. Uh, For those who've been part of our live events in in Atlanta, please come out on Wednesday night. Uh, Go find it on Eventbrite. Just look up Mental Dialogue. Uh, Look up the live experience on Eventbrite. Go to the Facebook page, to the IG page, everywhere that's all things Mental Dialogue. We are looking forward to getting together in person. We are featuring Jason Warner on how to make money in your sleep. Uh, So it will be a great opportunity and fun on Wednesday night. Studio House, Atlanta, 7 p.m. Wednesday night. Look forward to seeing y'all. This morning's discussion question is Black Culture Upside Down from George Floyd to Bill Cosby. I wanted to share a couple of posts that have 
the show has been going so fast and furious that I skipped over a couple of posts I wanted to say, and they're both really very directly related to what we were just talking about. But I'm going to go to the callers instead of the special guests because we got so many out there. So here's a couple of cuts that, again, getting into culture. Um, I saw this cut from a friend that I follow, and she goes, men are so disappointing. I don't even want to watch this show or know the whole storyline, but Safari is, a, is in Jamaica partying while his son is fighting for his life in the NICU. I don't care how much bad blood you may have with the mother of your child. That's your child, and you have other children together. Men get to live such a carefree life without responsibility. Now, one of his friends put him on blast and told him to get his shit together, and this is the norm. I know way too many women who have disappointing husbands, baby fathers, partners, of. It's so disappointing. And I wanted to share this thought to get into this dialogue. The thought, as I listened to that, um, I literally relate in a sense to this sister disappointment and knowing that there are men of this, that there are these men out here that are like a safari. Like that's devastating to hear that this brother, as she says, is out partying while his son's fighting for his life. It's so devastating that my circle of friends are would all consider this to be complete BS. Like I don't have men that would dare do that, or I don't have men who would not check their male friends who do this. And and I point this out because an aspect of is the culture upside down, I think this has to be brought up, is to recognize, unfortunately, in this gender, quote, unquote, war dynamic, is the failure to understand how literally the men that, the man that she, the men, Safari and the men that she just described, and then the men that I just for example, for those who know, I went on a trip to Tampa with 10 of my other people I consider brothers, uh, literally, that we're literally all in water in life. Like there is no interaction whatsoever, meaning Safari's friend, friends are men that he knew would not check him, and that's his circle. We don't really understand how, how much all in water we are in life. And some people will hear that and be triggered to say, I am making a defense, when the reality is, you won't find good men who know men that act like safari in their circle. Um, your thoughts, Latrice, as you hear me kind of jump on that post because I relate to the sister. I'm devastated, just as devastated as she is, that safari, this celebrity, um, um, a reality TV celebrity, for those who don't know what I'm talking about, that he would even be doing this. There are just as many men that feel like her, and I'm just pointing out the all-in-water nature of how we want to recover the community without realizing how much oil and water these two type of men are. Does that make sense, Latrice? You've heard me talk about this before. It, it, so it's a, yeah. Am I on mute? Let me see. I'm no, not. You're it does make sense to me. And it is, it is, it's harmful um, to, to women. And, and that's just one of the nuances that I'm referring to. Mm-hmm. Um, when we talk about this thing about, you know, the black community. And one of the things that, 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 that really we have to look at, we have to look at it from a white person's perspective and a black person's perspective, because when we talk about racial equity, we're talking about coming against the majority population. And when we look at the feminist movement and when we talk about, about gender equity, the, the first thing that comes to mind is not black women, it's white women. 
when we think about racial, when we talk about racial equity, while as a black community, we may see it holistically, but as a white community, who do they see? They picture black men. And then we factor into it the stereotypes that they have about black women being masculine, and we even have some black men playing into that. They view black women as black men, as, as being the equivalent, never differentiating the differences in how we are in how we experience racism. And so when you think about how the, the majority population views black women as being aggressive and masculine, and that we're not distinctly called out in the social justice movement, then we become invisible, and it becomes a monolith, and the focus is going to be on black men. So when we talk about these issues, we're not talking about how the black community perceives it. We got to look at how the stereotypes that the majority population applies to us. And that's why it's important to have that distinction when we have these social justice movements. When we look at historically the social justice movements where it's been about black racial equity and, and, and the intersectionality hasn't been broken down, black women's distinctive needs as to how oppression comes against us has not been addressed. And we can even bring it to current day. George Floyd, Breonna Taylor. It wasn't until after George Floyd and, and uh, Ahmaud Arbery that, it, you know, it was this quiet whisper at first about Breonna Taylor. And then eventually the voices got louder. But initially when it happened, there was no outpouring of support. There was no outpouring of say her name. Not initially. And that's why the distinctions need to be made because you have the safaris doing this, and it's okay that the man does that, but let let, let that baby's mom had left and went on vacation. Let me, right there where you just said that, that's where I'm confused at, because I think I'm saying that there's a bunch of men who, and this is, like, who 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 are not okay with safari. That's, what, that's why I think, I think pointing out the all the water nature has to be pointed out in order to understand, for example, that, and, and it's not to it's not I'm not trying to do the saving grace for the men who don't act like safari. I'm talking about becoming right. acutely aware of how much we don't interact. And so so Right. Okay, go ahead, go ahead, go but ahead. But you missed a very big part of it, Montoya. It's not okay. about how we understand it as a black community because we get it as black people, but who are we coming up against for equity? No, I'm confused because I think I think I'm having a discussion within the community that we that we don't get it. That's why. So I'm not, I'm not talking about within our community. Not I'm not even talking about white people. I, I really, you know me, I don't really worry about them as much. So, right. So if you ask them how you don't get it, I don't think they'll be able to explain it. I don't I don't think they'll be able to explain it because I do think you get it. I think that what was his name, Patrick. Well, I'm it. trying to have the dialogue within but, our within within us as a black right. culture. But, so you have to understand why the distinction is needed. It's not necessarily because when we say racial equity and we want us to come together as a community, what you need to understand is that we're saying we want to put together, let's just say, this doctrine for racial equity. But we're now presenting this doctrine to the to the rest of the world that says we as black people need this. But then okay. we have to take into consideration how the rest of the world perceives okay. black people to be. Okay, I respect that. I'm having another conversation than that right now. I think personally, but maybe I'm missing it. Uh, okay. Let me get to yeah. Let me get to one of the callers. All right, hold on one second. Well, the other callers out there, you do need to press one if you're trying to get in. Let's go back to um, Brother Pianchi. Hello, 
You're gonna actually gonna be the last caller. We only got a few minutes. I got three quick things to say. I was well, gonna we tell Tommy. You only get to do one of them. We only got four minutes. Well, you get to do one of them. Well, the rape is a federal crime. There was no law said the man could not be in the house. The husband couldn't be in the household for the woman to get well. And there's many industries where women, black women, black males are paid more than their white counterpart doing the same thing. And this thing that we, it has to be better defined. It's just not true. Thank you. I got you. All right, Brother Tommy, you've been sitting back watching myself and Latrice go back and forth on this thing. We're going to give you, the, in a sense, the last final thought, if you will, and let people know how they can follow up and get the spring and third um, documentary that I'm looking forward to. But go ahead, King. Thank you for being on this morning. Uh, appreciate you. Uh, no, I definitely appreciate you having me. Definitely uh, appreciate the dialogue. Um, as far as closing words, as far as the topic itself, um, it, it's between between excuse me between Cosby and, and, and George Floyd. Um, like I said at the beginning, I don't know that it's a that the black community is upside down because I think we're kind of talking about it from a you know a right now position. Uh, and I think it, if we're talking about the culture, I think we, we have to go back further because like I said, um, us embracing, I think George Floyd, I mean, we put a statue of it. No matter how much people say that's not what we were doing or I wasn't trying, that's what happened. We, I watched Nancy Pelosi literally look to the sky and saying George Floyd as if he was of uh, some type of celestial being, you know what I mean? Um, so there was a lot of that. Now, we can talk about hero worship in general, which I think is way too much hero worship uh, in society, but that's another conversation. Uh, I'm, as far as black culture and what we're embracing, there is something that we need to discuss. And I think that discussion is, is hindered mostly because we don't acknowledge, like, particularly in the social media atmosphere, that there are two internets or two. You got black people and you got these niggas out here. Niggas out here have no idea about this conversation we have. And, and for me, if we're not helping the black underclass, I, I, my co- niggas, when you're talking about black women or black young black men, I'm talking about those people. So if, we're, if, if the conversation is now, um, let's not talk about the the things that's going on here because somehow it's, this is our thing. This is our culture. Whatever, whatever Rick Ross is talking about now, we started that 25 years ago. There was no outside influence. This is what we wanted. If if we wanted something different, it, we would. It wouldn't be Rick Ross. The music would sound like most deaf, and that would be the music. That would be the main culture of the music. We wouldn't be having this discussion. So there is something deeper here when we're talking about the culture and what we want. Nobody's forcing anything on us. Nobody's forced us to like Rick Ross. Nobody's forcing us to like any whoever y'all was talking about that's on on vacation with his, with his sick wife or whatever. Nobody's forcing that on us. These are things that we want. And, and many times it's black women or black people in general, middle-class black people, educated black people who push these in- images on us, knowing damn well they would never allow it in their own home. And that goes back to my point of what, what we were talking about with Cosby, of, of the educated black middle class deciding and having the balls and the gumption to start preaching what they practice. Because they, most of this stuff is getting out of control because we don't want to, um, do the most fundamental thing that we'll do in our own home, 
I can't help what somebody else is, it, it, what, what somebody else's marriage looks like. I can only make sure my marriage is okay, and I treat my. No, it makes sense, brother. I want to jump in because I want you to let people know how they can follow you for Spring and Third because we only got about forty five seconds, and I want to make sure you get that out before the show closes. Uh, yeah, you get the, the the website is uh, springandthird dot com. Uh, we just also got uh, the official selection um, for the Bronze Lens Film Festival for a best documentary. So if you want to get uh, tickets to that, you can go to bronzelens.com and uh, look at, you know, get information on um, the viewing schedule. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you, Queen. I loved it. Loved the back and forth. I know we love each other, so there's no uh, battle for anybody out there listening. We are definitely listening and trying to learn from each other, and hopefully people got something out of this morning's discussion. As Tommy said, these are discussions that we need to have if we're going to figure out how we're going forward. See you all next week. All I ask is that you think.